Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Today, we are talking about the joy and the magic of music. My guest is Judith Lynn Stillman, who enjoys a distinguished international career as a pianist, composer, director, filmmaker, and artistic visionary. Hailed by Wynton Marsalis as a consummate artist, Stillman has received bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees from Juilliard, where she won the Juilliard Concerto Competition and was named Outstanding Pianist. She was also awarded Honored Artist of the American Prize as composer and pianist. She won first prize in the Opera Vision International Competition for her mini opera film featuring Grammy-winning Metropolitan Opera Baritone, Will Liverman. Dr. Stillman serves as the artist in residence and a professor of music at Rhode Island College. Judith Lynn Stillman is deeply committed to using the arts as a voice for social justice. She has achieved a significant reputation as the creator and designer of numerous projects on topics of global significance, including films, compositions, and multidisciplinary events focusing on human rights, women's rights, climate change, and the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz. Before we talk with Judith Lynn Stillman today, we're going to hear her beautiful music at the piano. Welcome, Judith. It's wonderful to have you on this program. Thank you, Patricia. I'm so grateful to you for having me on the show, and thanks also to your listeners for joining us. Did that vigorous piece of music we just heard make us feel more alert and able to concentrate better? Because that sparkling piece is called The Chase, not surprisingly, and I feel that it can elicit a kind of a shift in our energy level when we listen to it. Well, and we're going to hear much more music throughout this interview. But I want to make sure I ask you some important questions. I know you've been playing music, playing the piano since you were a small child. How has music shaped your life? It's a great question. I, I discovered my passion for music when I was very young, as you said, and I had a nurturing home environment with music-loving parents. And I probably couldn't identify this at the time, but I believe that I was drawn to music because of its profound effect on emotions and feelings and you know, music can influence the human psyche in just a matter of seconds. So in terms of my background, I began playing when I was three, gave my first public performances at five, entered Juilliard pre-college wow. in elementary school, you know, and then I was trained as a pianist from childhood through, as you said, bachelor's, master's and doctoral degrees. Um, 
I think I was really blessed to receive inspiration from some of the finest musical mentors when I was in Leonard Bernstein's orbit at Tanglewood and worked with Rudolf Serkin at Marlborough, studied piano with the musical guru, Leon Fleischer. Um, I feel like these were integral parts of my journey and I'm proud of the legacy. You know, it's really funny though, I'm, I'm kind of in a sense a descendant of Beethoven because the lineage of pianists goes like this. Beethoven taught Czerny, who taught Leszczyski, who taught Schnabel, who taught Fleischer, who taught me. <laughs> so it's kind, of a, <laughs> it's kind of a noble lineage handed down from generation to generation and really an extraordinary tradition to carry Well, you on. know, I've known you for a while and you always have such an upbeat personality. You always seem happy. Do you think that's because of the music that you just love what you do so much? You know, it's, it's such an interesting question. I do, I do feel incredibly passionate about it, but I also think that some of my lifelong musical partnerships um, have helped to foster that love of music and that joy and appreciation. So, for example, um, kind of somewhat to segue into the next piece, uh, I, I forged a musical partnership with Wynton Marsalis. And um, as one of my important collaborators, I thought I'd share work from my Billboard Top 10 recording on Sony with Wynton Marsalis in a duet with me. This lively work is called the Eiffel Tower Polka. It's by the 20th century French composer Francis Poulenc. He had a penchant for light, sometimes sarcastic music that was heavily influenced by French popular music. So here's the Eiffel Tower Polka with Wynton Marsalis and me. Well, that was really interesting. Describe what we just heard, Judah. <laughs> well, what you've heard actually is Winton double-tracking himself. He's playing two trumpets at the same time. Well, not at the same time. They were edited together, and I'm the pianist. And it's, it's kind of a, a frenzied romp. <laughs> very much, very, very Francais, very Poulenc. Um, you know, music is a vehicle for you to spread world peace and consciousness, Talk about that. You've been all over the world doing this as well. It's a mission. <laughs> well, that's, that's a daunting responsibility. A big question. Um, I've been deeply influenced, I think, by American poet Kenneth Rexroth's words. He said, against the ruin of the world, there is only one defense, the creative act. I believe that the arts are key to innovation and inspiration and can strengthen our connection to humanity. I think artists collectively should feel an intrinsic mandate to do our part to find ways to use our platform as a catalyst for positive change and to preserve and perpetuate culture, to enrich and enlighten, to share, to inspire. So yeah, I've dedicated my life to the arts and I believe in its power to influence society on multiple levels. Um, in my own creative projects, I've tried to raise awareness about issues that are close to my heart. Mm. You traveled to a part of the world, was it Greece that you traveled to? And you talked to people there. 
I did. I had really an experience that exemplified that music's kind of a universal language in my trip to refugee camps in Greece. Uh, when the global refugee crisis had reached epic proportions and hundreds of thousands of people were fleeing across the Mediterranean Sea to escape war and persecution, Syrian and Afghan refugees paddled toward the Greek island of Lesbos. And we saw, remember in the news, shocking images of dinghies overcrowded by refugees drowning, a child washed up ashore. Something inside of me just said, go, help. I wasn't sure how. I didn't have any connections to agencies or organizations. You know, and of course, basic needs for survival, like food and shelter, have to be met first. But I felt like there was also the matter of sustenance for the soul. I felt compelled to do my small part by bringing my keyboard to refugee camps in Greece and playing folk tunes from their homelands, which I taught myself between seeing the news. And how did they respond? How did they respond? So it was quite, it was quite beautiful. Um, well, I'll start with this. <laughs> when I arrived at the refu- a large refugee camp 10 miles from Athens, there were guards with machine guns at the doors, not willing to let anyone in. But when I displayed my small piano keyboard and started playing and singing, they let me in. And I was instantly surrounded by children and families dancing, joining in, rejoicing for like this brief respite as they connected uh-huh. with the music of their homelands. And and then they opened up to me and, and readily shared, you know, the heartbreaking stories. So I, I feel like it, the music kind of crossed borders and cultures. And, and made such a difference, the music. Mm-hmm. Now you have another track that you're going to play for us. Yes, uh, this is an excerpt from Armenia 100, which is a concert I curated and a work I composed to raise awareness on the centennial of the Armenian Genocide. I produced it after hearing reactions to Phoenix from the Ashes that was a song cycle I had premiered a few years earlier to foster Holocaust awareness in humanity whose magnitude we're still trying to comprehend eight decades later. Um, Numbers of students came up to me afterwards in tears and they said, now I understand we never really learned about this darkest chapter in world history. So I felt compelled to write this piece, uh, the segment we'll hear is called John Yerevan, which means Dear Yerevan, honoring the capital city of Armenia and the fortitude of the Armenian people. Hold the flag firmly, keep the vast dream intact, stay like a link between future and past, burning away evil with the fire from your eyes. John Let your ancient dust turn green, greening in one single moment and shining with glory. Let your fists be the scourge against evil, and for faraway children, keep your arms open wide. See your soul in our tears. Erase old grieving and sound the bugle to return the wanderers home. That was really beautiful. And I want to read something um, that was a quote from listeners 
from the Armenian Weekly, which is a prestigious international publication, about this piece. Judith Lynn Stillman's two genius shines as she catapults the audience into a multi-layered, artistically complex presentation. When the music stopped, a product of her creative vision deserves to be performed worldwide. This opus is an ambitious interdisciplinary undertaking. Stillman reaches for the stars and succeeds brilliantly in transporting us through darkness toward life and growth. Wow, Judith, that makes me shiver. Incredible. Incredible. And on that note, what we're uh, going to do is going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more to Judith about music being a universal language. We're going to hear a lot more of the incredible music that she plays and also that she composes. So you're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com. And as I've said in the beginning, Judith and Stillman enjoys a distinguished international career as a pianist, composer, director, filmmaker, and artistic visionary. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. It is time to change the negative narrative of divorce. Families are hungry for a different option. Listen to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. You will discover how to function as one family living in two homes. There are high-functioning, stable, and happy divorce families living in your neighborhood. What's their secret sauce? What did their journey look like? Do they have regrets or recommendations? Let's find out. It's never too late to have a good divorce. The Good Divorce Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. As humans, we suffer when we believe we are not good enough. We are taught we must be better, look better, try harder, and achieve more. We cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness. We don't have to live this way. You don't have to live this way. Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom. Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show, and we have the amazing pianist, composer, director, filmmaker, and artistic visionary with us, Judith Lynn Stillman. She's been hailed by Wynton Marsalis as a consummate artist. She received her bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees from Juilliard, where she won the Juilliard Concerto Competition and was named Outstanding Pianist. And the list goes on with all of the achievements and accomplishments. Judith Lynn Stillman serves as the artist-in-residence and professor of music at Rhode Island College. Welcome back, Judith. 
Thank you, Patricia. Let's talk about how music is a universal language. Everybody, no matter what language, you can go anywhere and people understand music. You saw that when you went to Greece. That's right. Well, it was actually Henry Wadsworth Longfellow who wrote that music is the universal language of mankind. And in fact, in every culture, every country and every background, you will find music. It's vitally important across the globe and and has the potential to bring people together. You know, when we reference harmony, that is intrinsic to peace. There are comprehensive studies on music as a cultural product which support Longfellow's pronouncement and examine what features of music, songs in particular, tend to be shared across societies. And the researchers have found that multiculturally music's associated with universal behaviors like infant care, healing, dance, and love, among others, mourning, warfare, uh, processions, and rituals. And by examining lullabies and healing songs and dance songs and love songs in particular, they discovered that songs that share behavioral functions tend to have similar musical features. Um, I was thinking that I would play an excerpt of a universal folk tale. Oh, you have a question. Sorry. Before I do, when yeah. you said they have similar universal features, what are they? Is it the tempo? Is it the rhythm? Is it just kind of the, the, the pace? I think it's everything everything, everything you're suggesting, Um, definitely. I mean, when you think of a lullaby, you can kind of hear that most of them have a rocking quality, as if you were, you know, rocking a cradle, and you'll feel that in the music. And and the example that I was going to play, you'll hear how it's universal. It's it's an Irish folk tune. It's well-known throughout the world. It originated in the mid-1800s as the Londonderry Air, then became known as Farewell to Cuculain. Then in England, it became the popular song Danny Boy in the early 20th century. And then it was arranged by, you know, Lithuanian, Russian-American iconic violinist Yasha Heifetz. And then I created a new arrangement, adding cello as well. So here we are. We've crossed eras, cultures, and countries with this poignant folk song. Londonderry Air. was really interesting. It, it had an air about it, Judith. Anything you want to add about what we just heard? Well, <laughs> I would like to say, really, I would like to quote Pablo Casals because I feel that he kind of expressed the essence of it all when he said that music is the divine way to tell beautiful, poetic things to the heart. So I think that's pretty much a universal sentiment. Um, And that kind of goes along with the next question, which is, how is music healing? 
I think it's healing because it's a powerful tool both for self-expression and also for eliciting emotions in listeners. It can be transformative. It can be a way to connect with others. It can be used to express feelings that might be difficult to acknowledge. And it can even help us feel better physically. Research has shown that listening to music can reduce anxiety, blood pressure, and pain. It can actually improve sleep quality and mood, mental alertness, and memory. There's a, a book called The Mozart Effect, written by John Campbell. I was very lucky to interview him. He's since passed. But it was interesting because years ago, I was always listening to Mozart, and I always felt calmer afterwards. And I was always wondering, well, what is it about Mozart? And then I actually found there's science behind this. Exactly. The music, it's, it's, it's something about the decibels per second. And so um, Don Campbell wrote a whole book on not just the Mozart effect, but also the Mozart effect for children. And it's also helped autistic children. So it, it's, it's pretty amazing, the healing power of music. It is, right. And I mean, music's been scientifically proven to benefit the brain because it creates responses from the amygdala, which modulates emotional networks and the hippocampus, which centers on learning, memory, and spatial navigation. And I was thinking, when you ask about the science, right, of healing, of the healing power of music, that maybe we could do our own short experiment by listening to some Mozart, and we'll take note of what we experience. This is an excerpt from his piano quartet in G minor. My favorite composer. My favorite composer. <laughs> <laughs> Judy, I love that, but I love Mozart. I mean, I, I happen to love his piano concertos. They're my favorite. But um, this was also was, was beautiful. And yeah, talk a little bit about this. Yes, well, I was wondering if listening to it, did we all feel an increase in spatial reasoning? <laughs> because apparently the Mozart effect in documented studies, well, if we multiplied that listening ep- excerpt by about 10, according to researchers, we'd likely experience a positive impact on cognitive performance. And these are the studies you're referring to. One in 1993 demonstrated that after listening to a piece by Mozart for 10 minutes, the test subjects performed significantly better in tests of spatial reasoning than those who didn't listen to music. Because again, it increases blood flow to the brain regions that generate and control emotions. And the limbic system, which is involved in processing our behavioral and emotional responses, lights up when our ears perceive music. The the study you referenced where a group of young children were given piano lessons for six months. They were taught to play simple melodies of Mozart and Beethoven. Another group received lessons in computer skills and a third group received no lessons. At the end of six months, the children who had taken classical piano lessons performed about 30% better than their peers in tests of spatial temporal reasoning. And that, again, that's the Mozart effect. 
And then the study was continued, and later it was extrapolated that students who received this classical music training early on received significantly higher scores in advanced mathematics in their later years than those who didn't receive classical music training. So it's documented. <laughs> oh, it was even documented with rats. I think this is hilarious. These are very cultured rats, right? Because <laughs> they were exposed to music in utero, followed by a postpartum period of 60 days. Wow. And another group of rats heard minimalist music by Philip Glass. A third group was exposed to white noise and a fourth group to silence. Then they were all tested for their ability to negotiate a maze. And guess yeah. what? The Mozart rats <laughs> that listened to, you know, the one, the Mozart group, they completed the maze significantly more quickly and with fewer errors than the other Isn't three. That, I never didn't know that. That is, fa that's fascinating. Isn't that amazing? Fascinating. <laughs> wow. You know, and so I think it, you know, it speaks to something larger because we were always being challenged in the arts and with funding and with cutbacks, right? But studying music offers students the ability to develop skills that machines can't replicate. This is what an article in the New York Times talked about this recently. This makes our students more distinctly human, the chance to exercise imagination, to develop personal and uniquely expressive voices as musicians. These become invaluable assets. Uh, one other thing I'll mention is music and sports. There are so many similarities, right? Because they both require coordination, agility, strength, skill, endurance, and they share so many qualities like work ethic, diligence, discipline, commitment, a uh, sense of belonging, opportunities to join with others. So I feel like there's science to support that music is beneficial to both emotional and physical health. Well, it, it's fascinating and very true. And on that note, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Judith Lynn Stillman about the original pieces that she has written. And I think that's going to be so interesting. And let me just share again, um, Judith Lynn Stillman enjoys a distinguished international career as a pianist, composer, director, filmmaker, and artistic visionary. And as I said before, she was hailed by Wynton Marsalis as a consummate artist. She has received bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees from Juilliard, where she won the Juilliard Concerto Competition and was named Outstanding Pianist. And she serves as the artist-in-residence and professor of music at Rhode Island College. We're going to be right back with Julie Stillman and some more beautiful music right after the break. I'm Patricia Braskin. Stay tuned. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Did you know that millions of people around the world do not have children? And yet the personal and professional experiences of people without children remain largely unacknowledged across cultures and within our personal networks. Public and workplace policies, media narratives, and educational content often reflect an unconscious bias rendering our experiences invisible. New Legacy Radio engages these missing conversations with the voices of our community and allies and through committed action for meaningful change. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. All who live face a time of passing. Is death the end or will souls enter an afterlife? Have you ever wondered about historical figures and what they would say if they were alive today? 
Psychics and authors Barry and Connie Strom will use their gift of spirit communication to answer questions and channel spirits concerning the hereafter. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Barry and Connie Strom at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone we are back I'm Patricia Raskin, and welcome back to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. My guest is Judith Lynn Stillman, and we are talking about music. We're talking about music to heal. We're talking about the science behind music. We're talking about music composition. We're talking about the difference that music can make in all of our lives. Judith Lynn Stillman is a distinguished pianist, composer, director, filmmaker, and artistic visionary. I've known her for a while, and her energy and persistence and dedication and her art and her music is really just unsurpassed, I have to say. And and her positive, Judith, your wonderful positive energy Thank uh, you. Is, is very, very special. So what I want to talk about next is how you have created your own original pieces. Now, do you just develop this music like Mozart, just from your head? I mean, does it just come in like... All these tunes come into your head and you write them down, or do you adapt other people's artwork, art, you know, artistic compositions? What what do you do? Well, that's thank you for asking that. Um, you know, the creative process for me for larger works is sometimes structured like a puzzle. You know, I'll have an overall concept in mind, and then the pieces fit within. And then there are some works that come together almost instantaneously in a flash. For example, in a few weeks, we'll be honoring the 80th anniversary of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. And a choral work with narration and piano that will premiere was a composition that happened in the spontaneous manner that is described. We literally talked about the focus of the commemoration one morning, and by the evening, my piece called From the Inferno had materialized. You know, I wrote the music. Uh, I wrote, it's a choral piece. It has words with it as well. The words are based upon Warsaw Ghetto Survivor testimonies and oral histories. And you write the word. You, you, you write the, the, the lyrics as well. Yeah, I wrote, I, I wrote it, the basing it upon research um, from the United States Holocaust Museum Archives in Yad Vashem, the World Holocaust Remembrance Center in Israel. And the music itself has kind of Eastern European influences. What I try to do is inhabit the culture about which I'm writing. Um, you know, in terms but where of, do the pieces come? Do, they, do you hear them in your head? Do you hear the music in your head? Yes, I do. I do. I hear it in my head. And as I say, sometimes it's like, as, as I said, you know, sometimes it's like a, a, a large puzzle and I put the pieces in. Sometimes it just comes all at once. Um, you know, my passion in terms of what I'm writing is to try to give voice to the voiceless and use the arts as a vehicle for social justice. So it's kind of a mission that I have to reveal the magic of music. My goal is to help listeners experience viscerally what they might be processing only cognitively. Um, I think in general, an important facet of what musicians can bring to the world is our ability to join others in a shared imaginative life. So when we compose, we 
actually challenge and invite others to engage their imaginations with ours. In my projects, I will often combine an educational focus, scholarship, with creative artistry. Um, so I have this burning desire to bring projects to fruition to underscore world issues and topics of global significance to enlighten audiences. And this is where that whole multimedia aspect comes in, where I create original music, uh, sometimes narratives and lyrics, but I try to synthesize my interests as a pianist and a composer and a writer, a director and an educator. And then I'll bring these events to live audiences or for television and video, again, with the goal of bringing a kind of visceral understanding of, for example, the Armenian Genocide, the Holocaust, climate change, women's rights, all of that. Um, and you're going to play a, a song, you're going to play some music that exemplifies that. I absolutely will. I just kind of wanted to somewhat flesh out an, an answer to uh, the question that you asked about, again, about whether I use sort of my own material or others. So I wanted to also say that one other facet is that I create uh, multidisciplinary plays within a concert. This is with music of other composers, but they're designed to shine a spotlight on composers in which I feel their emotions shared in their music parallel the emotional arc of their stories. So these would be what are called like my stage composer portraits that highlight, for example, Beethoven on his 250th, Mozart on his 200th, and other great musicians. And here, audience members will kind of take away a feeling of personal connection to the composer as if they've witnessed, you know, Beethoven's anguish while he penned his Heiligenstadt Testament where he's wrestling with suicidality and his impending deafness or as if they were present to comfort black woman composer Florence Price on the absence of a response from the conductor of the Boston Symphony to her heart-wrenching letter addressing race and gender. But let's play an excerpt from one of my compositions. Um, first, we'll hear Fill the Glass, um, another excerpt from When the Music Stopped, a tribute to Armenian culture and remembrance of the genocide centenary. Um, I composed this to acknowledge the horrors of the genocide and ultimately demonstrate the resilience of the human spirit. Fill the glass. Another beautiful piece, Judith. Before we play the last piece in this segment, talk about why it was called Fill the Glass. Well, that's actually a poem uh, that was written by an Armenian poet, and that was his title. Um, and as you could hear from the lyrics... It's talking about um, fill the glass, but it's somewhat sarcastic because in, in this one sense we're toasting, but we're actually toasting to death. Mm. So it's a very intense piece written by an Armenian poet, again, um, representing the horrors of the genocide in a very biting way. Um, the next track that I'd like to play is from Vanishing Act, which is a fantasy on extinction. It's um, It deals with climate change. Um, obviously, centuries of data can prove that climate change exists in every increment of global warming and every year that goes by really matters. So I created this. It's my poem and my music, um, but I'm joined by the most wonderful artists, Emmy Award-winning actor Kate Burton, who's Richard Burton's daughter and Elizabeth Taylor's stepdaughter, Paul Markello, the principal trumpeter of the Montreal Symphony, and me. This is Melting Planet from Vanishing Act.
when the glistening ocean warms and the ice caps melt, when the beauty of the earth is a fragile memory, reflections upon waking, distortions in slumber. How can we answer the question? What have we done with the gift of our planet? What have we done to the beautiful world we once knew? Judith, that was a beautiful piece, and I know you have one more to play for us in this segment. Thank you. In honor of the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11's moon landing, I was commissioned to compose a celebratory work. This is Small Step, Giant Leap, a lunar fantasy, in which I'm teaming up with Carolyn Huntoon, NASA's first woman director of the Johnson Space Center, and Barnaby Evans, exec- executive and artistic director of Waterfire, along with members of the Rhode Island Philharmonic and the New York Philharmonic. I'm at the piano. Here's an excerpt from Small Step, Giant Leap, A Lunar Fantasy. I am at the foot of the ladder. The surface appears to be very fine-grained. It's almost like a powder. is very fine. I am going to step off the limb now. Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Did you know that the quality of our daily lives is directly influenced by the design of our built environment? Our homes, our work, the way we move, and where we play are all shaped by the design of our cities. This thought-provoking new show from architect, urban designer, and educator, Carrie Pennebod, examines the complex forces that shape the making of our physical world. Lively conversations with leading experts in a variety of fields engage some of the greatest challenges facing our cities today, including climate change, affordable housing, 
embedded technologies, infrastructure design, architecture and the arts, urban policy, social mobility, and much, much more. Tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, so that together we can design a better world. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone. We are back. We are here with Judith Lynn Stillman, who is a distinguished international pianist, composer, director, filmmaker, and artistic visionary. And we are now talking about award-winning projects that Judith composed and came up with during the pandemic. Welcome back, Judith. Let's talk about music during the pandemic. Thanks so much. So, you know, the great Leonard Bernstein gave musicians a mandate saying, in times of crisis, we must make music more devotedly, more beautifully, and more intensely than ever before. So that was the goal. And I think all artists passionately seek ways to express and share what's in our hearts. And during lockdown, of course, that was amplified. And that was a time where I kind of discovered and embraced my inner hermit in that environment, which felt like my own artist colony. Without certain kinds of distractions, it was really conducive to my composing and creating and rethinking and reimagining and ultimately being able to share it all with a much wider audience. So, for example, to amplify women's voices, I created Women Trailblazers in Music. It was a quarantine film that highlights the rarely heard stories of, and music of women composers in an attempt to redress the historic imbalance of the patriarchal music culture. I think I was inspired to create the film in part because my talented mother's and grandmother's careers never took off in the male-dominated societies in which they lived. And it propelled me to champion women composers who were repressed, undervalued, discouraged, forgotten due to the politics of their existence. So here is Margaret Bond's You Can Tell the World. And I just wanted to tell you a little bit about her. She was an important voice in the 20th century, a black woman composer who had a deep commitment to civil rights. Featured in this track are Gloria Soprano, Mia Douglas, violinist Catherine Winterstein, and a small chorus of singers joined remotely, including Teresa Eichel, Jess Hudeman, Chelsea Sardoni, and me, and I'm also at the piano for my arrangement of this work by Margaret Bonds, whose contributions have left a lasting musical legacy. And they brought joy, joy, joy to my soul. He took my feet out the miry clay. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He placed them on that rock to stay. Yes, he did. Yes, it is. 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 Y
that the good old Lord has done. Tell him that the conqueror has come. And he brought joy, joy, joy to my soul. My Lord, then did just what he said. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He healed the sick and he raised the dead. Yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. Another amazing piece, Judith. Thank you. Now we have lots of music to play in our segment, our final segment today. So <laughs> let's talk about our next. So this is called Beneath a Silent Blue Sky. It was also created in self-isolation during the pandemic. It's an interfaith commemoration of Holocaust Remembrance Day and the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz, featuring the magnificent voices of Matthew Quinn, Rachel Hanoyer, Jess Huteman, Lindsay Ray Mata, and I'm at the piano. And I composed the music with words based upon writings by the Nobel Prize-winning Holocaust survivor, Elie Wiesel. He said, Never shall I forget the little faces of children whose bodies I saw turned into wreaths of smoke beneath a silent blue sky. Thank you, Judith, for that piece. What are some of your upcoming events? I'm delighted to share details of our upcoming performing arts events at Rhode Island College honoring culture and diversity. Um, I've tried to continuously fortify the New England art scene by collaborating with luminary artists on campus and for the community at large and beyond. Um, I'll be joined by extraordinary artists for these spring concerts. At the invitation of the Consulate General of Israel to New England, I've curated a gala musical celebration, Israel at 75, to honor the 75th anniversary of the founding of the State of Israel. That'll be on Sunday, April 30th at 1 p.m. at the Nazarian Center for the Performing Arts at Rhode Island College. The program features Mickey Katz, a cellist from the Boston Symphony, and Avery Fisher career grant winner, clarinetist Alec Fitterstein, and me. The program features a treasure trove of intriguing and compelling Israeli chamber music works from wistful to exhilarating as well as traditional masterworks. And then next up, on Sunday, June 4th at 3 p.m., also in the Nazarian Center at Rhode Island College, is Art Song to Aria featuring 2023 Grammy Award winner, the Metropolitan Opera superstar baritone, Will Liverman, who will be starring as Malcolm X at the Met this fall, will present a kaleidoscope of selections with a particular emphasis on works by BIPOC composers, including Trailblazers Florence Price and Margaret Bonds. We'll also feature a work composed by each performing artist, Will Liverman and me, including an aria from Will's new hip-hop opera, The Factotum, recently featured in the New York Times, and a new song cycle that Will Liverman commissioned me to compose for him. To give you a sense of his extraordinary voice, the next track is an excerpt from Essential Business, a mini opera that I composed, performed by Will Liverman and me. Here is Precious Gift. I simply use the gift you gave me. I simply use the love you gave me. I simply use the power that was all I tried to do. 
took the precious gift you gave me. You took the precious love you gave me. Why did you take my girl? Couldn't you have taken me? If I misuse the gift you gave me, if I misuse the love you gave me, if I misuse the power, couldn't you have taken me? Couldn't you have chosen me? Or let them know some other way, perhaps a vision on a lonely road, or a thunderbolt on a summer's day. Judith, these were all wonderful pieces, and your work is amazing. Uh, not just the work that you do as a composer and creator and director and musician, but your your consciousness, your global consciousness is, is really to be applauded. And I want to thank you so much. Any closing thoughts before we play um, your finale? As we close. Well, my closing thoughts are thank you for an amazing interview. I'm so appreciative. And in thinking about the magic of music, I think the more we can make music an active, vital part of our society, the healthier and richer and the more imaginative and creative our world will be. You know, Louis Armstrong said it best. Music is life itself. All right. And before we close with Judith's beautiful music of The Flight of the Bumblebee, um, <laughs> I would just like to thank everyone and just say, remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. You can find me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com, and would love to hear from you. Thank you so much. Thank you again, Judith, for a great show. Thank you for having me. Bye for now, everyone. Enjoy the music. for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.